Hello, ladies, and welcome to my podcast, Living a Sustainable Faith with Krista. It's Talkable Tuesday. This is where you will hear short, encouraging talks from the Word, and then have a hand-lettered printable made by myself attached for you to print off so that you can continue to be encouraged by God's Word throughout the week. It's my desire to encourage you to be in God's Word, because when you are in His Word, when we are in His Word, your soul, my soul, will grow in faith, and our lives will be full. Let's go ahead and get started. You and your soul are going to love it. Ladies, it is so good to be back. I took the month of May off in order to be able to finish planning a women's retreat for my local church. And that, and I was able to also do what I call talkables, but they were short talks during chapel time. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pass those talks on to you. So for the next four weeks, this week and the next three weeks to come, I'm going to hold chapel time. And I hope that you are encouraged and that you will allow the Lord to work in you for the next four weeks so that you can be washed, cleaned, and refreshed. That was the theme at our retreat this year, washed, cleaned, and refreshed. So to start off our first chapel time, quote unquote, I want to read from Psalms 51, 1 through 13. I love God's word. God's word speaks to us. It guides us. It teaches us. And so what better place to start than to start by reading God's word and what he says about being washed, cleaned, and refreshed. So let's go ahead and let me read from Psalms 51, 1 through 13. And this psalm was written by David, and it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew or refresh a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Let me pose three questions to you that I'm going to answer as we have our chapel time during the next three Tuesdays. The first question, have you allowed the Lord to wash and clean you up? Number two, have you allowed the Lord to refresh you? And how do we stay refreshed? Number three, are you a refreshment to others?
Today, I want to pose again the first question to you. Have you allowed the Lord to wash and clean you up? Right up front, I want to give you a little bit of encouragement. I want to encourage you today and for the next three Tuesdays to allow the Lord to meet you right where you're at and be willing to listen and then act. Because when you do, when we finally listen to what the Lord is telling us, when we finally get quiet before the Lord, and when we finally stop and think about our lives and do what he's telling us to do, your soul will be well. In 2010, as many of you know, and I've mentioned this before on my podcasts, my husband and I moved up to the north, very north part of Idaho. And we decided that we wanted to live off-grid. And what off-grid basically means is it means that your home or dwelling unit is not connected or served by public or private managed utilities, such as an electric company, natural gas. um, There's no natural gas lines, water lines, um, sewage that's for the water that um, connects in with the city and the city then cleans all your sewage up. We decided that we wanted to live without any of these things. And that's living off the grid, you could say. We were not going to have any wires coming to our home. There'd be like no green box. You know how you have those green boxes um, that are somewhere on your property for the electric company and everything to be able to hook in and give you power? We weren't going to have that. Sewage lines were not going to be coming into our home from the city or from the nearest town to be able to um, have a flushing toilet that goes into the sewage system. We decided that we wanted to get our power through solar energy. Let me back up just a tad bit here. Before we decided to live off-grid, my husband spent many years researching and figuring out how we could live off-grid and still have our home with as many modern conveniences as possible. While Mark was researching all of these things that needed to happen to be able to have our home off-grid, We were also reading about many different people and families who lived off-grid and what their homes looked like, what their lifestyles looked like. And we looked at how these people lived and families also how they created power. How did they supply water to their home? What amenities did they have in their home? Did they use gas, propane, wood stove, solar energy, wind energy, um, hydro? What did they do? to power their home, or how did they power their home, and then how was their lifestyles? We began to realize and see there were many different ways you could live off the grid. We read about some people who lived off the grid, and it was pretty rustic. Pretty like little house on the prairie time going on here, right? They would haul in their water, or they would have a hand pump to pump their water. They would have very, very minimal electricity, sometimes no electricity at all. They would not have a washer or a dryer. They would do all that by hand. Sometimes they would do refrigeration in um, just bring in ice and have coolers. They didn't have a refrigerator or a freezer. So some people were pretty rustic living off grid. On the other hand, we read about homes that you would never even guess that they were off the grid. They were beautiful homes, huge homes. Every amenity in their home you could imagine was there. Washing machine, dishwasher, clothes dryer, 
microwaves, coffee makers, you name it, stoves, hot water heaters, everything. They had everything. And you would never know that they were living off the grid. So as we saw all these different lifestyles about living off the grid, Mark and I decided that we wanted as many modern conveniences, as I just mentioned before, as possible. So Mark started researching how to live off grid. We had a certain amount of money that we could use to be able to get our, our, and we wanted to use solar. We knew that right off that where we were living, solar would be probably our best option with a battery bank backup, right? We would make our power from the solar panels. The power would then go into our battery bank, be stored there so that then whatever we're using, what energy and power we're using in our home would come from our battery bank and the solar panels would feed the battery bank, keep them full. And on days where it was unable, we were unable to get the sun, right? There was a storm or it was wintertime. We would have a generator and we would be able to fill our batteries up with the generator. But even with that being said, we knew and Mark began to research and know we only could afford a solar system that was so, so big. And then he knew we would only have so much power generated in a day. And so Mark began to ask me questions like, Krista, do you need a washing machine? And I can remember him asking me that. And I was like, "Mm, that's pretty important to me. Pretty important. Yeah. He would come to me with another question a little bit later as he's doing more research. And he would, Krista, how much do you need a clothes dryer? How important is that to you? And he, he, he started asking me questions like that. And he kept asking, refrigerator, freezer, stove, hot water heater. Well, as the conversation, as the questions kept coming, I finally realized, okay, babe, what are you getting at here? He finally told me and he says, we're only going to be able to have so many of these things with the solar power um, with the solar power that we can generate. So we're going to need to be able to, we need to sit down and kind of figure out what items and amenities in our home we feel are like non-negotiable, right? We're going to have these things. And then other things that might be negotiable, we could maybe without do without some of these things. Well, suffice to say, as the lists were being made by both of us, we both had our non-negotiables and our negotiables. One thing for me was a washing machine. I could do without the clothes dryer, but the washing machine, I was not going to do without. I saw too many families, too many off-grid wives, families, individuals doing their laundry by hand or going to the local laundromat every time they need to do laundry. And that was just something I really had no desire to do. I knew it would take a lot of time and I just thought, you know what? is what's going to end up happening is I'm going to end up having mountains of laundry because I'm not going to want to do it by hand, which will be so time consuming. Even if you have a old fashioned ringer, you still have to scrub those things. You still have to dunk them. You still have to wring them out and then you have to hang everything up and you have to, oh gosh. Okay. Suffice to say, at the end of the day, when we finally had our house plans, We knew the solar system that we were going to get. We knew how big of a solar system we were going to have. Mark made sure that we had a washing machine. And let me tell you, 10 years later, or 11 years later almost now, I am so glad I have a washing machine. Let me read Psalms 51 one more time. And this time I'm going to read it from the Living Translation. 
And let me give you a little backstory too, why David was writing Psalms 51. Nathan the prophet had come to David and told him that God's judgment was upon him and his nation. At the time, David was the king. He had just committed adultery with Bathsheba and had killed her husband, Uriah. David had sin in his way. And Nathan the prophet came to him and said, you have brought judgment upon yourself and upon your nation. So let me read Psalms 51, 1 through 13, one more time from the Living Translation. It says, O loving and kind God, have mercy, have pity upon me, and take away the awful stain of my transgressions. O wash me, cleanse me from my guilt. Let me be pure again, for I admit my shameful deed. It haunts me day and night. It is against you and you alone I sinned and did this terrible thing. You saw it all, and your sentence against me is just. But I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mom conceived me. You deserve honesty from the heart. Yes, utter sincerity and truthfulness. Oh, give me this wisdom. Sprinkle me with the cleansing blood, and I shall be clean again. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And after you have punished me, give me back my joy again. Don't keep looking at my sins. Erase them from your sight. Create in me a new, clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. Don't toss me aside. Banish me forever from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore or refresh me again and restore the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Ladies, God wants to wash and clean you up. Much like my washing machine that I so love having in my home, it does the hard work. It does the washing and the cleaning of my clothes. And God wants to wash and clean you up. You don't have to do the washing and the cleaning. You only need to be willing to allow him, to allow God to do this for you. Allow him to wash and clean you. When I was a little girl, my grandparents lived in the Santa Cruz Mountains and we would go to their house multiple times throughout the year. And then in the summertime, we would spend weeks at my grandma and grandpa's cabin in the Redwoods. It was a beautiful setting. And I can remember as a, as a little kid in my grade school and junior high years, this cabin to me was like, it was like the Taj Mahal. I mean, it was like this awesome cabin. And when you, when you drove down their little road off the main highway in the mountains there, you would see the two-story cabin with the green roof and the Redwood Siding, they had a rock gravel driveway. And we would drive into this driveway and inevitably grandma would have sheets hanging on the clothesline. And I can remember numerous times when I'd be inside with her and company would come and she'd be like, oh, slow down, slow down. And now I know why. The dust would kick up and just totally make her sheets just totally filthy. So I can remember as a little child, my dad would just crawl down the driveway. He would just drive really slow 
if you saw grandma's sheets on the line. So upstairs is where I would sleep with my brother in one of the rooms. And in this room that was quite large, it had two double hospital beds. You know, the hospital beds with the metal headboard and footboard. I loved these beds. And the the, the um, mattresses were, were kind of gushy. And so when you laid down on these uh, hospital beds to go to sleep, you almost kind of sunk a little bit, right? And then my grandmother had these wool blankets that were heavy. So you would, um, and she also had blackout blinds. So this room would be pitch black. You would crawl into bed. You would pull those wool blankets over you. And you remember those sheets that were hanging on the line that I told you my grandmother did? She had those on the bed. And let me tell you, I don't know if you've ever crawled into a bed where the sheets have been hung outside on the line, but the smell of freshly hung sheets, I don't know how to put that into words. It is awesome. And the fresh scent of the, of the um, mountain air with the redwood trees, with all the leaves and the foliage and kind of that earthy, good, fresh smell was just captured in those sheets. And so as I would, as I would crawl into the bed, I can remember the sheets. Oh my gosh, the smell was absolutely refreshing. And then I'd pull those wool blankets up with a little bit of weight and I would just sleep. It was, it was awesome. Let me ask you ladies, the question I posed at the beginning of this talk, have you allowed the Lord to wash and clean you up? And how do we do this? You might ask. Well, we just read Psalms 51. David came before the Lord and confessed his sin. He confessed the things that he had done wrong. He confessed that he needed the Lord to restore him, to wash him, and clean him up. If you've never asked for forgiveness from the Lord, this is where you begin. This is where you begin to have the Lord wash and clean you up. And how do we do this? 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. We need to ask Jesus to be our savior. And then as we read in John 3, 16 through 18, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So how can you allow the Lord to wash and clean you up? You need to first, if you have not already, ask the Lord. You need to confess your sins and ask him to forgive you. Because Jesus died for you, and he will be able to clean you up. If you already have Jesus as your Savior, you need to continually allow the Lord to wash and clean you up. And how do you do that? You do just what David did, as we read in Psalm 51. He knew the Lord before this incident with Bathsheba and Uriah. He had a total relationship with the Lord, but he went astray, and he was in sin. He had things that were that he had done wrong. There was blockage between him and the Lord. And as a result, he had judgment on him and the nation had judgment as a result of David's sin. He needed to confess his current 
sin to the Lord, to allow the Lord to wash and clean him up so that there could be a relationship restored. And so ladies, are there some things that you need to confess to the Lord? Are there some things that you need to let go of? Are there thoughts, actions that have crept into your life that you know that the Lord does not desire you to have or to do? Basically, sin has crept in, just like David. You need to confess it and allow the Lord to clean you up, just like David did, so that he could be and you can be whiter than snow. You know, much like those washed clean sheets that surrounded me as a child and smelled so awesome in my, in my grandmother's bed upstairs in her cabin, Jesus wants to wrap himself around us, around you as your savior, so we can be washed and cleaned by him and made whiter than snow. And just like my washing machine that does the hard work of actually washing and cleaning, the Lord does the hard work. He started the hard work by sending his son and Jesus ended that hard work by coming here, living and dying on the cross and on the cross and rose again so that we could be washed and cleaned. We don't have to do the washing and cleaning. We just need to come and confess our sins. Just like the washing machine, just like our laundry. We have to sort it. Yes. We need to take it and put it in the washing machine. Yes. Like we need to confess our sin, but then the washing and the cleansing of our soul is done by the Lord. Just like the washing machine washes and cleans those clothes. Hebrews 7 25 says, therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him. Since he, this is Jesus, always lives to make intercession for them. As I said, all we need to do is allow Jesus to wrap himself around us like those sheets in the bed and make us whiter than snow, wash us and clean us up. God sent Jesus. Jesus did the finishing work. I know that it can be painful. It can be painful to allow the Lord to wash and clean us up, but it's essential so that we can then experience the refreshing power of being saved, knowing where we are going, which is heaven, when our life is done here and we receive the Holy Spirit to guide us through our days. Ladies, in order to get to the refreshing, we need to be washed and cleaned. And we need to do that continually. First of all, initially, right? By accepting Jesus as our savior. But then as things come into our lives, we need to continually be confessing so that we can continue to get the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit to help us live our day-to-day lives. And also so that we have the assurity and we know where we're going when our life here, when our life's journey is all done. The printable I have for you today, ladies, is a picture of a t-shirt. I want to encourage you, print that off and then maybe as something to just encourage you for the next three weeks as we talk about being washed, cleaned and refreshed by the Lord, we're going to answer the next two questions over the next three weeks. Maybe this will be a way for you to just say, you know what, I'm going to allow the Lord to do that. I'm going to allow him to meet me where I'm at. I'm going to confess my sin and I'm going to allow him to wash and clean me up. I'm going to allow him so that I can then be refreshed by the Lord. So I want to encourage you, print off that printable, cut out the t-shirt and write your name on it. This is your commitment between you and the Lord. I'm going to do this. 
I'm going to let the Lord wash and clean me up. And for the next three weeks, I'm going to listen and allow the Lord to do just this and meet me right where I'm at so that I can get the refreshing power of the Lord and his spirit. Ladies, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you'll join me next week as we answer the question, have you allowed the Lord to refresh you? And then the third week, we'll do the second part of that question. And how do we stay refreshed? So join me next week as we answer the question, have you allowed the Lord to refresh you? I'm excited to share with you from God's word on how we can allow the Lord to refresh us now that we have been washed and cleaned. Don't forget, ladies, print off the printable, cut out the t-shirt, put your name on there and make a commitment to yourself and the Lord that you're going to allow him to do this so that you can get the refreshing, sustaining power of the Holy Spirit all the time. And ladies, if you would like to uh, join my email list, if you haven't already, I want to encourage you, go to my website, livingusasanimalfaith.com, and up in the upper corner, you can press the join my email list. And I would love to send you an email every time I have a talkable, a printable, or a podcast ready for you. I want to be able to encourage you to be in God's word, because why? You and your soul will love it. And we need to to have the constant refreshing of the Lord through his word, don't we, ladies? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Krista with Living a Sustainable Faith.